0: I'm Sarah, your natural endometriosis expert. Welcome to my podcast. This is the place to be for information, advice and tips on managing your endometriosis naturally. I've been managing my own endo now successfully for about 20 years and I've been running my own therapy business since 2008 helping others to do the same. If you're curious to cut through all the noise and rubbish that's out there and learn the key to managing endometriosis with minimal reliance on drugs and surgery then this is the only podcast you'll need. Let's get started. Hello there, in today's episode I'm going to be talking about endometriosis at work. This is the first of a few of these episodes that I'm going to be doing over the coming weeks and today's episode is really looking at how your symptoms can impact at work and my top tips for making sure that that impact is minimal. Um, I'm drawing on my own experiences here because obviously I've I've had a 9-5 to career and I managed my career at the same time that I was going through my diagnosis journey, that I went through the treatment options and also... um, of a big endometriosis flare-up about 15 years ago as well. So it's drawing on my own experiences of managing my endo at work, of negotiating work with endometriosis, but also supporting my clients as well. All of my clients report that endometriosis symptoms impact at some way in their working life. That's not necessarily taking time off work. A lot of my clients have had to take some time off work, but also it can be in terms of productivity and anxiety and a whole host of other sort of performance related issues. So today we're going to look at exactly how endometriosis can impact at work and some of my top tips, generic top tips for making sure that that impact is minimal. One of the key things to remember about endometriosis is that it does impact or can impact on so many areas of our life. So for many of us we see impacts on our relationships, so our closest relationships, our relationships to our family and our friends. and that's not just because of the tiredness, the fatigue, of the mood swings, of the um, the pain, but it's also in terms of having to cancel um, cancel appointments not making plans in the first place. So we see that impacting massively in our personal lives. We can see it impacting on our home life as well as the relationships in terms of doing things like housework, um, just general day-to-day activities. So for many people, work is the last place where they feel in control. For many of us, we overperform at work because we feel as if we maybe have something to prove. We don't want to let our endometriosis get in the way of our progression at work. And that's massively important. Now, this if, if that does sound like you, it's really important for you to recognise that in yourself. Um, and the reasons for that we will come on to in a short while. It can also be the place that we feel safe. So for many people, work is a routine. It is a reliable place where you know what you're doing. You can function with um, with the symptoms of endo and any other condition as well. But you can focus um, focus and function with the symptoms of endometriosis. And quite often, it's the place where we see least impact. However, when we do start to see impacts at work, that can have a really really damaging effect. Especially it is if it is the last place where you feel safe. A lot of it comes down to the type of environment you work in. So the tips that I'm going to give you might not work for your individual workplace. Um, I started having conversations around endometriosis at work when... Well, I've always had them, but I started ramping up um, the sort of the reach of my conversations when the talk about menstrual health policies started to to really raise its head probably about 18 months ago now. Um, and for some, some people see this as a great thing. And I know I've, I've kind of been head to head with um, even end- big endometriosis organisations who are championing these policies. And I don't believe that this is the answer. It can be the answer in some organisations, but to be honest, the organisations who will embrace the policies are probably the organisations who don't need the policies. I will talk about this in greater detail in another podcast, but the first top tip I have in terms of minimising the impact of your endo work is gauging the culture of your organisation. Does your organisation have a women's health policy? Does your organisation have a menstrual leave policy? That's the first thing to check. And even check even before you have a a flare up before you're you're struggling with your symptoms, because it's good to get a gauge on the culture of the organisation. If they do have a policy, then use it. Um, Don't think that it doesn't apply to you. Don't feel that it's unfair um, of you to take that leave. Use it to, to, to to support you if you're going through flare ups, if you're having symptoms that are getting in the way. If your organisation doesn't have a policy, a specific policy, do they have any other policies? So they should have a sick leave policy. They should have policies that enable you to take time off for treatments and things like that. But again, it very much depends on the culture of the organisation. So know the culture of your organisation and let that be your gauge in terms of how, how, I was going to say how easy, but I don't want to, I don't want you to feel like you can't talk about things, but just gauge the culture of, your, culture of the organisation. The more open they are, then you can go in straight away and have the conversations about your endometriosis. But it's worth gauging that first. So many organisations, like I say, don't have policies, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. The trouble is when the culture isn't open to women's health concerns if you work in a particularly male-dominated environment, now this doesn't necessarily follow, but if you work in a particularly male-dominated environment where the conversations around women's health and women in general aren't really very conducive to to openly talking about your periods, then it can be hard to talk about things. But top tip number one or two, I've already lost count, top tip number one or two is to start to talk to people about your endometriosis about the condition about the symptoms you experience now that doesn't mean that you have to waltz into the office go straight to your manager and make demands about needing time off and and really kind of championing it out loud from the word go it would be fantastic fantastic if we all could but i do understand that some cultures aren't open to that kind of behavior so if you work in an environment where that culture isn't there that open culture isn't there pick one or two people who you can talk to openly about it if you think one in ten women have diagnoses of endometriosis one in ten women have diagnoses of adenomyosis one in three women currently have fibroids countless others are going undiagnosed but having symptoms. Polycystic ovaries, I think it's one in seven women at the moment, moment have that diagnosis as well. There's so many women out there. The majority of these aren't dual diagnosis. So if you think about maybe 70% of women at the moment have either menstrual health problems, gynecological conditions, or are going through the menopause. That's a huge number of women that are struggling with symptoms. And if you can find people within your organisation that you can talk to, if everybody did that, then you would a not feel as alone so you could share symptoms, you could share experiences, you could get that peer support from your from your colleagues. but also the the culture, the dialogue in your workplace would slowly start to shift. So if you are lucky enough where you have a culture where people openly talk about it, where you're able to go to your manager and say that you're having a, a bad period or your endo symptoms are flaring up, or your menopause is getting in the way, then that's fabulous. But if you're not, then change is slow, change can be slow, and finding one or two people, sympathetic ears who've been through it, can make such a huge difference. So don't bottle it up. As we know, as I talk about so often, anxiety and stress really exacerbate our symptoms. So when it comes to endometriosis, the worst thing you can do is just bottle it all up and carry on regardless. And this is something that I used to be so guilty of. I felt that as a woman, I had more to prove than the men in my work. I didn't particularly work in a male-dominated environment, but I still felt that I had a lot to prove as a woman. I didn't want my body to be letting me down. I didn't want all the rhetoric from the 70s that was still around in terms of employing women. Um, I didn't want all that to, to weigh on my shoulders. I didn't want to carry that responsibility. I carried the responsibility of being a career woman and I didn't want my body to hamper that. But actually, that was the worst thing I could have done because if I'd have found somebody I could talk to or if I could talk to my manager openly, I could have maybe worked a bit more flexibly. Um, I could have maybe started later, worked from home on the odd occasion. There's so many things I could have done that would have made my working life easier. And I didn't have a bad working life. The culture that I worked in, especially when I was going through my diagnosis and my treatment journey, the culture that I worked in was very supportive. It was very positive, very supportive. Um, That was in the early 2000s so um, times haven't really changed since then but it's a long time ago and for those times it was very, very supportive Um, and I couldn't really have asked for a better employer at that time Having said that, we still didn't talk openly about it so whilst I was having time off for treatment whilst my boss, my managers were Um, as flexible as they could have been back then in terms of working from home because we didn't have the same kind of network capacities, IT network capacities as we do now. The opportunity for home working was a lot less than it is now. But that said, they still gave me the opportunity to take home laptops and write up reports at home. So they were giving me as much flexibility as they could But even then, I didn't talk about my diagnosis. I didn't talk about endometriosis. I didn't talk about my periods. My manager knew the reason, but beyond my manager, none of my team knew the reasons why I was off. They knew I was ill. Um, They knew I was having hospital procedures. But nobody really knew the condition that I was struggling with. So even then, even though it was a supportive environment, I couldn't talk about... about my symptoms and actually when I talk to my clients this is a massive thing there was a lady that I was speaking to a few weeks ago now um, and it's an example I use all the time because it's so striking one lady um, I was I was talking to who had a very very senior position in a very good organisation and she used to take time off work she used to take sick days if she had um, particular meetings because the chairs in the meeting rooms, and you might well have heard me talk about this before, but the, chair in the, me- the chairs in the meeting rooms were covered in a cream leather. And if she was having a flooding day or if she was feeling like it was going to be an unpredictable time of the month for her, then she didn't feel comfortable. She had massive anxiety around going into the office and having to sit on these cream leather chairs for obvious reasons. That is something that's so huge. And the more we talk about it, the more open we are about our symptoms, then the less... Um, the less chance there is of things like this daft decisions being made by somebody. Yeah, I'm sure cream chairs look fabulous, but they haven't taken into account the needs of all of their workforce when they were planning the colours of the chairs. Something so simple, but actually has made one huge difference to somebody's productivity and attendance record at work. The more we talk about our symptoms, then the less chance there is of silly daft little things like this that have huge impacts happening. So, for example, when I go back to my workplace, I never, to- I never talked about those kind of symptoms. I talked about the symptoms that were a bit more relatable, maybe. So the bloating and the pain, because everybody knows what pain feels like. Sometimes it can be quite hard to, to, to really accurately describe endometriosis pain and the level of pain that, that you feel sometimes goes unrecognised because a lot of people just link it to period pain. But everybody understands pain. So if you start to talk about pain and you say you start to describe the pain you're in, the level of pain you're in, people do kind of have a, a bit of a gauge that they can go on. But when you start talking about flooding, when you start talking about clots, when you start talking about unpredictable bleeding society and culture still deems that as kind of a taboo subject there's still a lot of period shame around I did a podcast episode on period shame it's actually one of the most listened to episodes that I've done and it's so so relevant when it comes to endometriosis at work because we don't talk about periods at work in fact we hide away periods at work we don't talk about bleeding, we're not open in terms of our period products. Many toilets in workplaces still don't even offer period products to their staff, um, even paid, even in vending machines. So it's still something that's very taboo. And when, you're, when your symptoms are so linked to your bleeding, it can be really, really difficult to talk about. But if you can find somebody, one or two people who you're close to, who you trust, who you can really start to have those conversations with, Then that's the first thing to do because, like I say, if you start to hide your symptoms away, if you start to worry about your symptoms, if you start to take additional time off work or start to underperform because of your endo, that adds to the anxiety, and that increases your symptoms. So my next tip is all around that; it's all around anxiety. Recognise how anxiety impacts on your endometriosis. What role does it have? So this is where I come back to tracking everything. Know your endometriosis. Know your body inside out. I had a fabulous client at the beginning of this year um, who I worked with over about 12-week period, maybe slightly longer. And um, she was wonderful. She was a fabulous client. She, she embraced everything with, with an open mind. And one of the big things that she struggled with was work. So the, she worked in an inner city. She was from London. She worked in an inner, inner city company, and they were just phasing back the return post-Covid. And she hadn't had any any performance issues during lockdown. She'd been working from home. Everything was fine. She'd been, she'd been fine. She'd been fabulous at work. However, she started to notice a change in her endometriosis symptoms, a worsening of her symptoms, as the time needed for her to be phased back to work. And she realised when we were sort of maybe it was very early on in the calls maybe about three or four weeks into the calls she realized that the the anxiety around going back to the office was due to the anxiety around her symptoms and you'll have heard me talking about sometimes the anxiety around endo is is almost worse than the than the endo itself and that was exactly true here So the anxiety of having to go back to work with the bloating, with the bleeding, with the brain fog. She was getting enormous brain fog. The anxiety around it was making it worse. It was making the brain fog worse. It was causing the pain. It was making her tired. But she hadn't seen that link. She hadn't recognised that cycle so we broke that cycle we broke that cycle she felt she couldn't talk to a manager about it but we worked on that we broke down the barriers that she had around talking to her to her manager and by the time she actually went to talk to a manager which was later on in the program that was towards the end of the program she had the conversation with her manager she found out that her manager also also struggled with bad periods i don't think there was a, a diagnosis there but her her manager had certainly gone through a lot of what she was going through so her manager actually recognized what was happening and made her phrase return to work so much easier they they, um they really worked with her to make sure that it was it was done in a way that worked for her it involved occupational health and to to her manager's credit it was it was done textbook It, it was fabulous so just by having that conversation you can make a huge difference So my next top tips are all around, again, knowing your endometriosis and what works for you. If you have um, things like essential oils, if you have crystals, if you have things that you know help you, then don't shy away from taking them to work. If you need a plant on your desk to make you feel better, if you need to drink filtered water, then have that conversation at work to get filtered water into your workplace. Take a plant into work. Take breaks, be strong and take breaks if you need to have breaks, even a five minute, 10 minute lunch break on, on, on the balcony or on the top of a fire escape somewhere. Just breathe in some fresh air. Make sure you're taking the breaks that you need. Remember, with endometriosis, movement is a key part of managing your endo. So, if you're sat at a desk for any prolonged period of time, make sure you're taking some breaks, make sure you're walking up and down stairs, you're moving around the office. Keep that chi flowing, keep that blood or energy flowing through your body, through your abdomen. Learn a tummy massage technique so that you can do that maybe in the toilet at lunchtime, or why hide it away? Do it in front of your colleagues. Just do a quick tummy massage if you're feeling feeling bloating. Again, if you know any any links to any foods that makes your symptoms worse, actively avoid those foods. Take control as well, as much as you can, of your own health. And this is something I've... Um, like I say, this is a subject that's very, very close to my heart and I've been running a lot of um, women's health awareness sessions. I've been doing training for managers and I've been doing awareness sessions for general staff as well. And one of the key things I talk about is our responsibility to manage our own health. So find out what works for you and actively implement it at work just as much as you do at home. It's your responsibility to keep yourself well and the, the rewards that you will reap will be will be, um far exceeding anything that your managers can give you. So again, find out what works for you implement it at work, talk to people, find somebody that you can have those conversations with, find that support and try to break that cycle, recognise the impact that stress and anxiety have, request flexible working hours if you can, find out the policies that exist around flexible working, around chronic health, around women's health if they have it and use those policies to help you um, get what you need out of work don't try to battle through don't try to just swallow down your symptoms and just battle on regardless because that is going to make you worse ultimately and that's the key the key is ultimately not to get too stressed to ultimately try and take responsibility for yourself to ultimately try and educate your manager if necessary about what's going on about on on with you involve occupational health if you can and if you want to get somebody like me in as well if you try, if you if you do have if you know that your workplace has issues around the openness around women's health, then speak to somebody like me who can come in and carry out manager training. I teach managers how to effectively support their staff who have endometriosis, fibroids, menopause, even though menopause isn't a, isn't a health condition. <laughs> I, talk, I talk to managers about what these conditions are and how they can effect- effectively support us as sufferers, how they can support us to do our best at work. Because like I say, work is or can be our last last safe space. It can be the last bastion we have of self-esteem, of proving ourselves, of feeling like our bodies aren't getting the better of us. So if it starts to seep into work, it, the, the effects can be devastating. Find somebody to talk to if that that is resonating with you. And like I say, if you want somebody like me to come in, I can run these workshops for you. I can give you access to my self-guided programme. So I have the Self-Treatment for Endometriosis Protocol. So I have the STEP programme that I can get you discounted access for if your employers sign up. I have um, post-op recovery programmes. I have menopause programmes. I have all sorts of programmes that can help you with your symptoms and help you manage your conditions. So do speak to me. Do reach out if you'd like to to consider your workplace for one of these sessions i've actually i've got um my clients are building up now i've just been um, appointed as the women's health specialist for aj bell which is a huge national um huge national firm that deal with investment management and they've been so open that the engagement sessions have been fabulous so if you'd like to to partake in anything like that please do drop me a line let me know who your workplace is give me the workplace contact and I will get in touch with them and see if I can arrange some sessions as well but if that does sound like you keep an eye out for some more podcasts that I'll be doing around menstrual leave um, and around tackling the inequalities at work as well over the coming weeks okay thank you for listening to today's podcast If you liked what you heard, then please hit the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any future episodes. You can also leave a review too, to help spread the word to managing endometriosis naturally to as many people as possible. That is my mission. And if this podcast has inspired you to take the next step to managing your own endometriosis successfully, then please head over to my website, naturalendometriosisexpert.com to see different ways of working with me to bring that dream of living without endometriosis one step closer. Or, for less than the price of a posh coffee a month, you can also become a Patreon to this podcast and get access to a load more endometriosis resources, as well as my monthly endometriosis clinic question and answer session. See you next time.